We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, Packer fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Hope your holiday weekend is treating you well, and I really appreciate you being here today, checking out this new episode. I also want to say thank you to the people who have already signed up for Packaday podcast memberships. There have been a bunch of you, which is overwhelming, and I'm so appreciative of all of you for being interested and in, in just a part of this journey in the Packaday podcast in general. Uh, for those of you who are interested in becoming a member, if you're on YouTube, you can click that little join button below and see the different tiers that are available to you. If you're not listening on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash podcast and you can hit that little join button and see what options are available. A quick note to the new members who have already signed up. Give me a couple days to sort of figure out all of the nuances of this. I got to figure out how I can sort of reach out to those of you who have signed up for the advanced membership so we can figure out how to connect on social media and do the monthly call and set up the fantasy football league. So just give me a little bit of time. I'm going to have some new uh, members only videos coming, I promise you, and we'll do that members only Q&A. It may be the following week, but like I said, just give me a little bit of grace over the course of the next week or so, and then things will really ramp up from there. I promise you guys that. Speaking of which, a huge thank you to Joe Grossel as well as Riley Cruz for signing up as new members on the Pro Bowl tier and a massive, massive, massive shout out to most hated Minnesotan, most hated Minnesotan, Minnesotite, it's most hated Minnesotan, who is a Hall of Fame member. Super awesome of you, dude. Thank you so incredibly much. Super excited to connect with you. But enough about memberships. I want to move on to today's episode and today's topic. I think it's honestly one of my most interesting episodes to date, and for a variety of reasons. A, it's probably going to be one of my shortest episodes to date, which I don't know how that's going to go over. And B, it's one of the most you know statistically researched episodes that I've ever done to date. So I put a lot of time into all of the numbers and sort of researching this, 
It's going to end up, like I said, I think being a little bit of a shorter episode. A quick note, by the way, if you ever wonder why a lot of these ESPNs and Fox Sports have like the people yelling at you on the screen and that's like their main form of content and it's just loud noises, like anytime you do like a really analytical nerdy thing, like if I'm going over an undrafted free agent and their scouting report and digging deep into their tape or something like I'm going to do today, usually it doesn't do the best numbers in the world. And it's usually the stuff where I'm like, you know, the safeties aren't as good. And that's the stuff that does better, but I'm never going to change. I'm going to go over the things that I think are super interesting. And what I thought would be super interesting today was to go over the end of the era officially, right? Jordan Love is officially the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. We know that it's going to happen this week against Justin Fields and that era is going to take off. And we don't know what that roller coaster ride is going to bring us. It could be an exhilarating ride. It could be, we don't know. It's just going to be super interesting and we're so excited for it but it isn't the end of an era. We have seen 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play in Green Bay since 1992, and I wanted to find out exactly what that meant. So I went on a huge journey into Research Island to figure out what that advantage was to having Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers over the past 30 years. And to be clear, we all know, we all know, you know, listening to this, I know going into the research, we all know that Green Bay was beyond lucky. Well, maybe not luck. Luck's maybe the wrong word, but we've been lucky as fans to watch 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. And it's a, you know not going to be any surprise to anyone whatsoever that having 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play is going to come with some advantages. They went to three Super Bowls. They won two of them. Should there have been more? We're not going to talk about that today. You get multiple MVPs. You've got a puncher's chance at a Super Bowl just about every single year. It was a pretty great time to be a Packer fan for the past 30 years. You beat up on the Bears for the vast majority of it. We can go on and on, but it led to a lot of wins. It led to a lot of heartbreak at the end of a lot of seasons. Some of the most crushing, you know, find a new way to break your heart playoff losses every single year, it felt like at times, but it came with a ton of joy, a ton of excitement, and some just incredible playmaking out on the field as well. So we know we had it lucky watching these two players for 30 years. and But again, I wanted to see what that meant in regards to winning and when they weren't in the games and what we can sort of potentially expect you know, in the Jordan Love era if he's not capable of reaching that Hall of Fame level. So we'll get into all of that. I was at that game in 1992. I was a little bit younger then, but I was at that game in 1992. First Packer game I ever went to. Packers-Bengals, Don Mikowski goes down injured. I've told this story before, but I was very adamant in one of my very first Packer takes, which was a very awful Packer take, that Ty Detmer should have been the guy that came in for Don Mikowski. But they, in their, you know, what they thought was wisdom, decided to go with Brett Favre instead of Ty Detmer. I still say Ty Detmer probably would have went on to win a thousand MVPs and all of the Super Bowls, but Unfortunately, they went with Brett Favre and the rest was history. So they go to Brett Favre. He comes in for Don Mikowski. Like I said, I was on in, in the stadium on that day. My dad held me up over his head. And right, I was right in the end zone where Kittrick Taylor caught the touchdown. The rest was history. I was sort of baptized into this on that day. The rest was fate. But there have been 495 regular season games since Don Mikowski went out injured against the Bengals in 1992. Since that day, when Don Mikowski started on that day, 495 regular season Packer games since that day. So 
a decent amount of regular season Packer games. Of those 495, 476 of those games were started by either Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. 476 out of 495. Of course, Brett did not miss any games. Aaron has missed very few. The ones that they did not start were started by either Matt Flynn, Scott Tolzien, Brett Hundley, Seneca Wallace, or Jordan Love. Those are the only other players who started in that entire time frame in those 495 games since Don Mikowski went down and Brett Favre took over as the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers in 1992. Many of you listening were probably not alive when that happened. All right. In those 495 regular season games since that point, the Packers have had 314 regular season wins, 179 losses, and two ties, good for a 63.6% winning percentage. 63.6, pretty freaking good. Almost two out of three games they are winning with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback in the regular season. Now, what I wanted to do is go and look back and I charted out every single one of these games, including who started for Green Bay, who started against the Packers, and then I did a little bit of research based on their quarterback rating and who ultimately had the better quarterback in the game. Now, in 495 games, and this is a little bit of, there's no perfect way to measure this. So what I did is I tried to go through and say, who had the better quarterback going into the game? Now, I'll say this one more time. This is really hard to measure because in the first game of Brett Favre's start, you know, let's just like, you know, it's really difficult to say of like, all right, who was better at that point? Was it Vinny Testaverde or was it Brett Favre? Was it Chris Miller or Jim Everett or was it Brett Favre? Some of those things are hard discussions to have, but even with the benefit of hindsight and things like that, like if you had to say, would you rather have like life on the line? Would you rather have Brett Favre or Chris Miller going into a game? You're probably going to take Brett Favre in the, with the benefit of hindsight, right? So in in the long run, in the whole scheme of things, who ended up being the better quarterback was more often than not Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers in the games that they played. And the games that they didn't play, all but one clearly had a better quarterback than the Packers did. And then in the the games that the you they basically when they played against a Hall of Famer, whether it was Troy Aikman or Steve Young or Dan Marino or John Elway or whatever, it was a Hall of Famer they played against, I counted it as they didn't have a clear advantage in that game. So there's no perfect science here, but I went through and charted all 495 games, and I said there were 433 of them that I think you can make a strong argument that the Packers had the better quarterback going into that game. 433. Now, again, some of those very close, and you could make an argument either way. So maybe it's 400, maybe it's 450, probably somewhere in the middle there, but I had 433 charted out where the Packers had the better quarterback going into the game. And I had 62 games where either the quarterback they were facing was at least an equal to the Packers quarterback, or they had a better quarterback. In many cases, those were the Brett Hundley, Matt Flynn, you know, Jordan Love games, etc. So 495 games, 433 where I thought the Packers had a better quarterback than the other team, or at least it was arguable that they had the better quarterback. All right, so that was interesting in and of itself. But that's just a thought, right? That's just me giving my thoughts on it. So what I thought I'd do again is in those 495 games, figure out and just look at statistically which quarterback ended the game with a better quarterback rating. Was it the Packers quarterback 
or was it the opposing quarterback? In 495 games, 314 times, the Packers ended the game with a better quarterback rating than the opposing quarterback. 314 out of 495 times. In 181 games, the opposite team ended with a better quarterback rating. That's a pretty good clip that the Packers had or ended the game with a better quarterback rating than the opposing team did. And clearly the defenses play a factor in this as well, but that is a very impressive number where they outplayed the opposing quarterback far more often than not during that time frame. Now, in the 433 games that I thought they had the better quarterback with, they had 289 wins, 143 losses, and one tie for a 66.9% winning percentage. But with the 62 games, when the quarterback was equal or better, they only had 25 wins, 36 losses, one tie, and a 41.1% winning percentage. So when it was pretty clear, or at least arguable, that they had the better quarterback, they won over two out of every three times. When they did not have the better quarterback, and it was, or at least it was equal, or the other team had a better one, the other team won at a 59 point, uh, excuse me, 58.9 clip. So a complete different ball game when they did not have the quarterback advantage. Here's the big one. Here's the one that I think is just the absolute crazy takeaway. And the 314 times that they ended the game with a better quarterback rating than their opponent. And I know quarterback rating is not perfect. I get it. But I wanted to just see like on the on a base level when they had the better quarterback, what happened? The 314 times that they ended the game with a better quarterback rating, they had 274 wins and only 40 losses an 87.3% winning percentage when they're, when Green Bay's quarterback, usually Farva Rogers, outperformed the other quarterback from a quarterback rating standpoint. 87.3% winning percentage. All right, well, that's interesting. So how did they do in the 181 times when they ended up with a worse quarterback rating than the other team? 40 wins, 139 losses, two ties, and a 22 0.7% winning percentage. That's how huge the difference in quarterback play has been for Green Bay. In the 495 games, 495, if they won the quarterback rating battle, they finished with an 87.3% winning percentage. They won the game 87.3% of the time. And if they did not win the quarterback rating battle, they only won 22.7% of the time. That is a striking, striking number. In the 476 times that Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers started a game, they went 308 wins, 167 losses, and one tie for a 64.8% winning percentage. In the 19 games that Favre or Rodgers did not start during that time frame, six wins, 12 losses, one tie with a 34.2% winning percentage. So it has been a massive advantage, and that goes without saying, that Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers have been on this team for 30 years, and it has given them the ultimate superpower. It has given them a Hall of Fame quarterback through that entire time, and you go down the list of some of the quarterbacks that they played during that time, and it was ugly. Like Some of the ones that they're playing against, especially like some of the Bears quarterbacks during that time, uh, I mean, you see C.J. Beathard's on this list and a bunch of Josh McCowns and Mark Sanchez, Jake Locker, John Skelton, Blaine Gabbert. 
uh, Matt Leinert again, Trent Edwards, a lot of Jay Cutler, Sean Hill. Sorry, there's a bug flying by me. Uh, who else? David Gerard, Kyle Orton, who had a weird winning percentage against Green Bay somehow, but Charlie Fry, like there are a bunch of awful quarterbacks, Damon Huard, and we didn't even get back to like the Favre area yet here, but they played some pretty awful quarterbacks and Green Bay had a massive advantage by having two huge big name Hall of Fame quarterbacks that they had in those games every single time. So it goes without saying they had a huge advantage, but that is a huge, huge difference when they were the team with the better winning percentage, 87.3% winning percentage when they outperformed the other quarterback and quarterback rating, 22.7% winning percentage when they didn't. It's finally football season, which means it's also finally daily fantasy football season. And while I get excited to play daily fantasy every year around this time, I'm even more excited this year because I'll be using prize picks for all my daily fantasy selections. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Even better, they offer ultra quick withdrawals to make all your transactions super fast and easy. Also keep an eye out for weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. My favorite, Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Before football season ramps up, I've been using prize picks for my MLB and college football picks as I prep for a season of winning in daily fantasy football. The experience has been amazing and it's increased my daily enjoyment of watching Brewers and Badger games. Now, it's time to get some Jordan Love entries in prior to this weekend's game. The great thing for me is that they offer Apple Pay, which makes depositing money into my account so incredibly easy. So what are you waiting for? Join me on Prize Picks by going to prizepickscom packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepickscom packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. We made it. It's officially football season, which means... It's the best time of the year, but also it means that I'm going to be really freaking busy. If you're like me and your busy fall season is already in full swing, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Factor lets you level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Personally, I'm trying to eat healthier, so their calorie-conscious options are perfect for my meal plan. They have delicious, dietitian-approved, calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Best of all, with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered directly to your door, ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash packaday50 and use code packaday50 to get 50% off. That's code packaday50 at factormeals.com slash packaday50 to get 50% off. Hello friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA finals and I desperately wanted to go to game six in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. 
Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now, thankfully, the day of the game, I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PACKADAY for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PACKADAY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So this is not an episode on commentary on Jordan Love. We have no idea. We don't know what he's going to be. He could be the next Hall of Famer. He could flame out in a couple years or anything in between, and we just don't know. So this isn't an episode based on that, but that's exactly the point. For the first time in a very long time, we don't know that Green Bay just has this automatic advantage going into the game because they have a better quarterback. They lost that superpower, at least they may have. We don't know if they did or not. And that is a huge difference than what we're used to. Going into this season, you pick right now who will be the better quarterback in each game. Jordan Love or Justin Fields? Jordan Love or Desmond Ritter? Jordan Love or Derek Carr? Jared Goff? Jimmy Garoppolo? Russell Wilson? Kirk Cousins? Matthew Stafford? Kenny Pickett? Justin Herbert? Jared Goff? Patrick Mahomes? Daniel Jones? Baker Mayfield? Bryce Young? Kirk Cousins, and Justin Fields again. I can tell you for sure, I'm, I'm pretty positive Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are going to be better than Jordan Love this year. Maybe not in the game they play in, but the, the, those will be the better quarterbacks going into that game. That's probably not a great sign for Green Bay based on the statistics that we just went over. And all those other ones, you could tell me either way. We just don't know at this point because so many of those guys, first of all, like we don't know Desmond Ritter yet very well. We don't know Bryce Young. We don't know what Justin Fields is going to look like this year. We don't know what Kenny Pickett's going to look like this year. Is Russell Wilson going to completely suck again, basically? Like we just don't know some of the answers on those things. And we don't know how good Jordan is going to be either. So this is going to be a really interesting season from a quarterback standpoint. And to see if Jordan Love can outperform some of these quarterbacks and keep some of that same you know, winning percentage rolling when Green Bay has outperformed the opposite quarterback. So the pressure is clearly in some capacity on Jordan Love, but it's not just on Jordan Love. Everyone needs to do a better job and make Jordan's job easier so that he doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting. And also this goes to the defense too. You know, so many years Green Bay had the better quarterback and you could get away with not as great defenses at times, especially in the regular season. But now you don't have that automatic cheat code of just going out and knowing that your quarterback's going to go out and have a hundred quarterback rating more often than not. So you've got to do a better job defensively of making sure that you hold their quarterback down and don't let him get going so that Jordan doesn't have to do, you know, the heavy lifting and put up 112 quarterback rating to try to beat the opposing quarterback. And I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that just winning the quarterback rating battle is all there is to winning football. I get that it's not that. But it's been a very striking indicator, probably at or around, or maybe even more so than turnovers 
in this time frame where it's it, it's a huge indicator as to whether or not Green Bay is going to win the game. 87.3% versus 22.7%. A huge, huge difference as to whether or not they have a, a win or a loss has been based on if they outperform the other quarterback in the regular season. So everyone needs to play better. And I'm clearly not telling you anything that you don't know that this is going to be different with Jordan Love at quarterback than it has been with Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. And we know that it's not going to be easy to win games without a Hall of Fame quarterback, but it just goes to show you how important that advantage has been and that they now no longer have that advantage. And this is going to be a different era. It's going to be a different team. It's going to be a different feel. And everyone on this roster, this coaching staff, this organization needs to do a better job to lift up the entirety of the team so that all of that pressure doesn't fall on Jordan Love and he doesn't feel like he has to be Superman and go out and have a hundred plus QB rating week in and week out. So the numbers to me, extremely interesting, extremely telling, and it goes to show you just the advantage that Green Bay has had having that 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. And the last thing I'll just add to this is it also goes to show just how important that this season is for Jordan Love and his development. There, there's a lot at stake here in how this season goes. And I think this is a really big evaluation year for this organization as a whole. But I know everyone wants wins and losses. And I know it's super important. I think I was listening to 107.5 here in Green Bay. And there's a little commercial that plays. And Marcus Eversall is like kind of debating with a fan. And the fan is on there saying like, listen, if they don't end up in the playoffs and with a winning record, then the season was a failure no matter what. And Marcus says... Well, what if they end up, you know, a little below 500, but Jordan Love shows that he is the franchise quarterback moving forward? Is that a success? And the fan said no. And then that was the end of it. And then it went to the commercial or the next commercial. Uh, I just disagree with that caller. And I agree with Marcus. If you, if you told me that Jordan shows that he is a legitimate franchise quarterback for this league, that will be a massive win for the Packers moving forward. I'm not saying he has to be a Hall of Famer, but if he shows he's a legitimate threat at quarterback and can be the guy that helps this team win games and be a huge part of that going forward, that will be a huge win regardless of how many wins and losses they end up with this season. And I think everything on top of that is gravy. So a lot, a lot at stake in this season in some capacity, but at the same token, this is going to be a season that revolves around Jordan Love, his development, and what he can do to get to a level where Green Bay has probably not that same advantage that they've had over the last 30 years, but if they can go into a game more often than not feeling like they have the better quarterback, they're going to go into a lot of games feeling like they can win, and they're going to end a lot of games probably having won if they can go into the game more often than not with the better quarterback. That is going to do it for me today. I hope you enjoyed this bizarro sort of research episode, but I think a really fun one nonetheless, just kind of an interesting look back. It was really fun going through all the different quarterbacks that they've played against over the last 30 plus years. And now we get to see this new era with Jordan Love against a really fresh group of quarterbacks in the NFL as a whole. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. I will see you guys right back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.